Hey, uh, hey, Anthony, do you like do you like my new shirt? Sure, man. It's cool. It could have been better. What was that? I said it could have been better. You want to fight about yeah, it? Yeah, I do. Let's go, chump. Ah! Hold on a second. We don't need to fight. We don't? All you need to do is go to 86.com and choose from one of their many designs. Franchises range from Skullgirls to Street Fighter and even Blaze Blue. And if you check out 86 through this Twitch channel, use 86.com slash question mark AFF equals four to let them know that Mission Star Podcast sent you. Hang on a second. Hello, everybody. It has been a week since we were back, um, and we're back. Ironically, the week we are gone, the entire gaming industry just just, just decided, let's throw all the news at you. So, so uh, they did. And we have uh, some big news to talk about in this podcast, which is good. It's awesome. Uh, but before we get into it... Um, I am joined no other than the man himself, the man who just got one year older, as, as some people say, leveled up, is Greg Dietz. Yeah, if, if by leveled up you mean uh, still in, like, you know, adult pain. Uh, there was a question on a podcast that cracked me up. It was, well, not even a podcast, it was a show. It was like, what would happen if your uh, five-year-old self, like, entered your body as an, like, in your... As you are now, mm-hmm. and I think the funniest response, the most truthful response, would be my fi- my five year old self would just be like, "Why does everything hurt? <laughs> my brain, my head, my body." Yeah, <laughs> I would imagine so. But uh, yeah, there's been a lot of big news uh, that happened in the past week, and I am, and since we are, we are in the end of April. We're going into May. We are almost at E3 time. So a lot of these news stories, rumors, leaks will happen more and more as we get closer to E3. And with that, let me go ahead and... Oops, I forgot to change that to a 0 and that to a 1. And I hit the start button. All right, so... Are you, are you doing everything in binary? What's happening? Yes, exactly. One zero one one zero zero one. All right, so... Our first news story of the day regards to uh, the Nintendo Switch um, and possibly a new uh, edition of that coming as soon as June. Uh, This is reported off of IGN.com and there's an update on this, but I'll read a little bit of the original story. It's written by Matt Perslow. Nintendo is literally planning to launch two new versions of the Switch console, potentially as early as this summer. A report by the Wall Street Journal claims that Nintendo has an enhanced variant of the Switch development, or of the Switch in development, bolstered with features targeted at avid video gamers. This will be joined by a cheaper option of the console for casual gamers, with the intent of acting as the successor to the 3DS. The enhanced version reportedly won't be as powerful as the PS4 Pro or Xbox One X, which is unsurprisingly considering Nintendo's history of hardware choices. The more casual-focused console will drop functions from the standard Switch, such as controlled vibration, in order to cut costs. And the update to this story, a new report indicates that Nintendo will launch a new, cheaper version of Nintendo Switch by the end of June, with a modest upgrade to the existing model, allegedly coming later this year. In a financial report by Bloomberg, a small excerpt suggests the cheaper Switch model is coming very soon, an outright uh, uh, quote, a more powerful version, unquote, is allegedly, allegedly uh, not in the works. Through details on the claim are sparse. Whether that alludes to the PS4 Pro or the Xbox One X like hardware boost, or simply a series of hardware redesigns akin to the DS Lite remains to be seen. The report is based on claims from a two unnamed sources. 
These claims partially line up with earlier reports below, which suggest Nintendo's planning on launching two new versions of Nintendo Switch this year. So, um, two, apparently two new Switches are coming uh, as early as um, this June, uh, and there have been some talks about this for quite some time, from what I've heard. What's crazy, and it kind of makes sense, is uh, one of their biggest sellers on the Wii U, uh, which they've made a sequel for, which is coming to the Switch, uh, releases at the end of June. Today, mm-hmm. they have this recording. Uh, Nintendo put out a tweet that showed the, the release date, which is June 28th for Mario Maker 2. Um, if they are releasing new newer versions of consoles, both a, a cheaper uh, toned-down version and a maybe a beefier, more expensive version, um, that makes perfect sense. Uh, maybe the beefier version will have a feature that allows like two-screen functionality sort of thing. Um, the thing that I'm very curious about, and they even said in an article, like Nintendo has never been the company to kind of go for the, you know, the graphic side of their consoles or their games. No, They've always I, been. What I'm thinking, what I'm thinking, Anthony, is that like the the beefier version, the the um, that'll come with a cord that you can plug into the dock, and then you plug into the bottom of the switch, and you're able to do a two screen thing. Which was, if that happens, that would be interesting because it would almost be like the Wii U, which they've kind of been, again, as I said prior in, in podcasts and prior well, episodes. Well, the, the biggest reason I think that's the case is that there has to be games that the Wii U had that could be used in that fashion. And I think that Mario Maker is definitely in that category. Yes. The 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 Wii, the Wii U was a fantastic game console in, in terms of like with the Mario Maker, because like you had a tablet, you were able to use it to make levels and very easy with the stylus, um, and able to do what you want with it. Um, Maybe if your version will come with a fucking stylus, which should be, I wouldn't doubt you, but just be weird because I, as I said before, like they've been they've been seeing the Wii U as an experiment and almost like, like the redheaded uh, stepchild in the Nintendo lineup and finding ways to not even talk about it. So for them to kind of go over a roundabout way and re-implement that idea into the Switch, I mean, what do you mean? What do you mean by going a roundabout way to not even talk about it? So when the Wii U was was getting or when the switch was getting closer and closer to its release um and even if you try to look up like they nintendo at least in my opinion um nintendo has been uh quick to forget about the wii u um and rather talk about their next line of games the switch and whatnot and i wholeheartedly disagree i um, here's why okay go for Two it reasons. The first reason is they have released a lot of re-released a lot of games that were on the Wii U on the Switch. Um, and they state like the game that was a hit on the Wii U. Um, I don't think for a second that they're trying to forget about the Wii U. I think their entire entire market strategy of like cutting off uh, manufacturing for the Wii U before the Switch came out was their precaution because of how the Wii and Wii U sold against each other. They were fr- they were afraid that people would see the Switch and be like, well, we're not going to get that one. We'll just get the cheaper Wii U version. I think that's how they view it. Interesting. Um, because, a, again, a lot of the games that came out, that have come out on the Switch were originally on the Wii U. That is true. A lot of games. Okay. And... yeah. So I think that they want to, because, and that's the thing, the Wii U had some fantastic fucking games. Oh yeah, no, don't get me wrong. Like there is definitely some awesome games on the Wii U that came but out. The, but the problem is, is that there's a lot of games in the Wii U. Oh, pardon me, that cannot be played on the Switch because of its lack of two-screen functionality. So it's possible that they're going to come out with either an update or the beefier version will be allowed to do two screens via cable from the dock to the switch. Po- yeah, possibly. Um, I could be totally fucking wrong, yeah. but it 
doesn't sound like the programming to do that would be too difficult because it's all uh, USB-C. Mm -hmm. And I know that you can buy an adapter for like just an off-brand adapter that plugs into the bottom of your Switch like like any other cord. It has like a little box next to it. And then there's a... Uh, uh, you just get a standard fucking HDMI cable and plug that into the box and then plug it into your TV. And it works as a dock without having the dock. So I can't imagine it would be terribly difficult to build that into the dock itself and then allow two-screen functionality. And I want to... And I, I think that that's not, I don't I don't think it's too outrageous to think that because as we said before, Nintendo is an enigma when it comes to certain things like this. And seeing that, I wouldn't put it past Nintendo to do that, to re-implement a second screen into whatever the new console will be. Right, and I agree with the article that you know, and and you've said multiple times already, Nintendo doesn't really do advanced hardware with their new systems. When they come out with a beefier version, it's like like look at the Wii. What was the what was the advanced version? The Wii the controllers worked a little bit better. Um, so I kind of see that with the Switch as well. Like it seems like they would just come out with a version that does stuff that the standard version doesn't. But as for graphics, they wouldn't change. But it, it's not necessarily bad in version in like in in the idea of visuals and graphics, because for fuck's sake, Mortal Kombat 11 is on it and it looks fine. Yeah, yeah, and and we have to wait and see exactly what happens in in June. Um, the other thing I wanted to touch on real quick too was the the portable, more portable light version that's going to be supposed to be coming out in, in early June was to, to coincide with um, Mario uh, Mario Maker 2. Um, that is what I've been hearing. Like it's going to be more battery power. You get to dock it on the on the docking station you have already with the switch, um, but there's no rumble inside it, uh, so it'd be lighter. Uh, and yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that makes it honestly makes perfect sense to me. That they would come out with two consoles: one slightly toned down, two, and the second one beefier. Yeah, and only beefier in like longer battery life, and maybe like that functionality I was talking about, or like more i don't know just it seems like they could do more and yeah. maybe a bigger fucking memory or some shit i don't know but yeah and, um, and we've seen this before in the past like this is not a new thing for nintendo like look at their ds lineup um exactly, exactly. <laughs> so there's nothing new nothing new here um the cost wise i'm kind of curious i was like what cost do you think it will be for the D, for the the, the Switch Lite and then the Switch Heavy. Oh, so I don't think I think that Nintendo is going to take the Microsoft path and give various options. And they're, so they're going to have their standard version that like everyone owns right now for three hundred dollars, and then they're going to have the toned down version, which is two hundred or two fifty, depending on how toned down it is. Uh, I imagine two hundred if it's fucking no rumble, um, and then the the beefier version, depending on again how much stuff it has in it. Depending on memory and whatnot, an extra hundred, three fifty to to four hundred. Um, but they're gonna basically really nail home that like we have a small version, a medium version, and a, and a heavy version. It's your choice. I think that's really. But they're gonna call it portable, standard, and then like big boy, beefy, thick version. <laughs> I don't know. Right, right. Um, I uh, honestly, I think they'll stick. Yeah, it might be. They might. They might be. You might be right in terms of like they kind of do a Microsoft style. They could also like. I could see them still doing the. Hey, this is our new main version. Play on this, um, and then play on the light, and then we might forget about the, the original Switch eventually down the line, so that their main focus would be on those two new consoles, and that maybe That's just likely. because. Or, likely. Yeah. So. We'll wait and see, um, but uh, you know, E3 is approaching, and more of these stories will come out, including this Nintendo story, as we as we yeah, talked about. Yeah, literally, E3 E3 is like three weeks before Mario Two Maker Two comes out, so yeah, Good, exciting stuff. Yeah. All right, moving on to the next story at hand. Uh, so, since we're in the mood of E3 and, con- and the big the big three talking recently. Um, this is from GameSpot.com. This is regarding the PS5 details that was interviewed, um, or the, 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 taken from the interview piece from the Wired uh, interview regarding PS5, uh, these details and whatnot. It's written by Oscar Deus. Um, so, this is regarding the PS5 specs that was talked about in the interview. 
Um, this is where Sony has been surprisingly forefront with, with new information. The company has uh, confirmed the PS5 will contain an AMD chip that has a CPU based on a third generation Raisin. It'll have 8 cores of the 7 na nanometer Zen 2 microchip. The console will also support 8K gameplay, but this will be, be this will, uh, will of course be, be dependent upon TVs catching up. Graphics will be driven by a custom version of Radeon's Navi line. The graphic chip will support ray tracing, something that which is, is starting to become popular in movies and video games, although it is traditionally thought of a lighting landscape, no, li li uh, lighting technique. Uh, Cerny uh, says that t this technique could also improve game audio. In fact, PS5 will fully support 3D audio. Um, they've also went on to say that it will support PS uh, VR um, from the PS4 to the PS5, and will support uh, PS4 games on the PS5. As far as the price-wise, again, Sony has not stated how much its new console will cost, but it did say recently that the PS5's price will be attractive to gamers. Quote: I believe that we'll be able to release it as an SRP suggested retail price that will be appealing to gamers in light of the advanced feature set. Unquote said Mark Sinney, the lead architect of the PS4, was currently working on a successor. So, details of the PS5 came out um, as far as like what they're planning to do, what what exactly are hints... One of, my, one of my favorite things about that spec lineup you said that they're trying to tout is that it has the capability of going to 8K. Um, what Microsoft didn't talk about is that they're... Xbox One X also has the capability of going to 8K. <laughs> um, the reason that they didn't talk about it was because, well, <laughs> things are uh, um, things aren't that advanced right now, especially for TVs. Exactly. So it was like, why market that? Exactly. Uh, so I think it's funny that like I don't see a necessarily problem with PS3 doing that, or I'm sorry, PlayStation doing that, but. Um, it did make me laugh when I read that because I was just like, I I believe that the other one does the same thing, but all right, <laughs> right. Um, I, it's 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 interesting that they're releasing details now. Uh, I mean, we talked about how they're not going to be at E3, so I think that's like definitely a um, a route that they're trying to take. Is like, well, we're not going to be there, so we might as well talk about it now. Yeah, uh, it's them. It's weird because like it's them getting ahead of the game. Although if they're gonna do that, why not do that around E3? You know, like yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, because we, I guarantee you, Xbox is not gonna talk about the next generation of Xbox. Like I can almost fucking guarantee you that they're not concentrated on that right now. They're concentrated on getting, uh, getting games out there. Like, they'll, they'll talk about a new version of the Xbox. Like, we've talked about, you know, the, well, the next fucking topic. But that's not a new Xbox. That's just a different version of the Xbox One. Mm -hmm. So, it's really interesting to me that PlayStation's like, PS5, and we got to get it out to market before Microsoft does anything. Like, all right, guys, relax. Yeah. Um... But I think, my, I think PlayStation also operates on, like the ps3 era ideals where yeah they just need to beat microsoft i think playstation is still in a in a terrible mindset of the the gaming or like the the uh console wars yeah um and i think it's gonna hurt them in the long run i really do i think so too um I mean, we, we we mentioned before that they have been the last ones to not really want to play nice of other companies with the crossplay um implementation that's been with other the other two major consoles with nintendo and microsoft and pc and uh it definitely has shown that they've kind of been outed as the last man that's not want to be in the party like they've kind of been dragging their feet on, alongside that um the one thing that i kind of want to talk about that that caught my eye when i was hearing about details about this um is the quote that uh, Cerny said in regards to uh, the price, saying that I believe that uh, we were able to sell or able to release it at a, a suggested retail price that would be appealing to gamers in light of its advanced feature set. Um, that to me, when I heard that quote and when I saw that, 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 that to me tells me that it it's starting to remind me a lot of the PS3 vibes. Like, yeah, it's gonna be way too expensive. Yeah. Like, I'm kind of wondering, like, I, I, that is that is absolutely fucking corporate talk for 
please dear god it's going to be too expensive but but we hope that the fucking loyal fans will buy it like i that that's all that fucking screams to me mm-hmm. um yeah it, it, it really does um as far as like will that be the actual you know, the price because the price i'm thinking of is like is it gonna be 500 uh, is are they gonna go back to that 600 price they did the ps3 <laughs> um i you know they, they absolutely might like i don't see it out of own possibility but you know, we might have another shift. Possibly. Yeah. I mean, like, the, if you've been if you've been reading the, or if you've been kind of watching how the industry has been in, the, in this generation, like, it's been getting back and forth. And like, the, this generation has all been Sony, it's all been PlayStation, and people have been getting the PS4 because um, they got a bunch of great exclusives on there. Um, at the beginning of you know this generation, Sony was totally on board with the gamers and totally on board with your common man. It's like you know, pick us because we're all about you know you guys. As time went on, that kind of changed, and then Microsoft was starting to fix the things that went wrong in their in their press conference, and then kind of built on. Okay, what can we do to fix this? And they made the Game Pass. They've made several different versions of the Xbox uh, with with the Xbox Sad, with the Xbox One, Xbox One X, and they have a wide selection of which Xbox you can choose from, um, and other things to really uh, cater more to to the gamers. And it's that shift is looking to look like Microsoft will overtake Sony when this next generation hits. So like, like I said, I, I think that I don't remember who said it, but someone was talking about how with the, uh, you know, with the, with the 360 and the, in the, in the PS3, like the, the 360 was killing the PS3. But I think now with Microsoft and Nintendo kind of like joining forces, PlayStation's fucked. I mean, I, I, I'm sorry to say it that way, but like, Unless they can pull something miraculously out of their ass and not an overpriced console, I don't see this working out for them. Yeah, you can have all the exclusives in the world to make your console look good, but at the end of the day, like it's kind of come down to is it affordable? Can can people get it in their hands at a reasonable price? Um, is the system going to be great? I want to let our listeners know. I'm not like yes playstation lose like i don't want to see that but i definitely want to see playstation be a little bit humbled and understand that what microsoft and and nintendo are trying to do is eliminate a specific type of the competition yes yes and as we said before like sony has been on that old mindset of like hey this is the console wars we got to beat microsoft and they've been again been the last ones to really not want to do crossplay. Um, well, there's one of the big things about the, the PS5 that you didn't mention is that there's rumor that uh, Grand Theft Auto 6 will be a one month exclusive on the PS5. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. That's, a, it's, it's a rumor. It's not confirmed by any fucking stretch of the imagination. But if that's the case, Oof. Oof. that could be a huge thing for PlayStation. Mm, mm, yeah. Uh, Granted, the internet would fucking lose their goddamn mind, but um, it would be a smart move because, as my friend said the other night, was like, if GTA GTA Six becomes a exclusive on PS Five, um, goodbye Xbox. Which I was just, I was like, what? That's a fucking hell of a thing to say. Um, that would be nuts. Can you imagine the same thing we were seeing from Epic Games? buying exclusives from companies to be on their platform think of that with sony if they just started to just exclusively just buy games to their console not that they've done before i, I kind of talked so. about that last i kind of talked about the last time we talked about this was you know when when it comes to exclusives on console like you just can't go out and buy a fucking 300 400 500 console you don't just have that luxury um, with the Epic Store, you absolutely have that luxury because it's a free fucking uh, free thing. But um, uh, it, it's not something I have to imagine, Anthony, because they've already done it multiple times. Like you're showing some exclusives on here that are not that are from third party companies. They've done it. They did it with Destiny. They did did it with fucking Watch Dogs. Um. It's 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 to me it's it's if they can pull that off, especially with something like GTA Six, um, 
that would be a huge hit to, to Xbox. But I don't think it would be a big enough hit to where it would be a uh, console killer, essentially. Absolutely. And as we said before, it's like... It's only a month. It's only a month from the rumor. Yeah. And, and as we said before, like Microsoft and Nintendo are not about the consoles war anymore. They've, they're they're buddy-buddy. They teamed up. Like, they've... Microsoft, Phil Spencer's out there saying, like, they're fine with what, how, how, how many people are signed on. They He would rather have people sign up with the Game Pass uh, to buy their games and put into their service um, than... Well, I want to say buying the Xbox console. I'm pretty sure he would enjoy that. But it seemed to me that he is definitely... And Microsoft have been pushing the Game Pass on a lot of things. And that's why they're like, okay, we'll put in Game Pass on Nintendo Switch. Okay, that they're going to possibly put it on the uh, Android iPhone and... Um, or Android and, uh, phones and iPhone as well. So, like, it's... They're definitely... They're, they're, these three companies are taking a different approach. Uh, but Sony's the one that still has an old mind to this... Uh, to the game industry. Yeah. All right, moving on to our next topic at hand. Speaking of Microsoft, and let me restart the timer here. Okay, this is reported of TheVerge.com, written by Tom Warren. Microsoft unveils diskless Xbox One S All Digital Edition for $249. Microsoft is making a diskless Xbox One S official today. After weeks of leaks, the software maker is unveiling the Xbox One S All Digital Edition which is priced at $249 and will be available on May 7th. This is the new model that will be sold alongside the original Xbox One S and the more powerful Xbox One X. The big selling point here is that the all-digital edition will ship, not, will not ship with a Blu-ray drive, cutting the price slightly by $50. Microsoft included a 1TB hard drive on this new digital model alongside digital versions of Forza Horizon 3, Sea of Thieves, and Minecraft in the box. The hardware is exactly the same as an existing Xbox One S consoles, uh, just without the 4K Blu-ray drive. The Xbox One S All Digital Edition is $50 less than the Xbox One S, and we expect to maintain at least the price difference. Uh, this price difference uh, between the two consoles, explains Jeff Gatiss, General Manager of Platform Devi and Devices Marketing at Microsoft. This is a $50 less than the recommended retail price of $299 for the existing Xbox One S, but there are regularly bundled de deals available for, two, uh, for around $230. It's not clear if we'll see bundles for all digital version. So, Microsoft unveiled their, um, all their, their SAD, uh, <laughs> their acronym uh, for that, um, but the all digital version of their console and um, at, at $250. And I and on the first off the bat, like I think the price should have been lower than that. I think that if if you were gonna sell an all digital version, I would have said two hundred would have been a good sweet spot for that console. Well, the, I, the reason that they did, from my perspective, they did a two hundred two hundred fifty dollar version is because um, they were losing money on the Xbox One X S. Sorry, Xbox One S. <laughs> At 250, mm -hmm. with it having with it having a drive in and all that jazz, so I believe that 250 is the retail price for it. Yeah, and uh, they need to they need to fucking cover some of that cost in general. Um, I don't necessarily disagree that it might be too expensive, but on the other side of things, like a lot of people are bitching about it, and I'm just like, but the, their bitching is very much in line of like. Well, why would I buy a, an all digital version of something uh, when I could just get the disc or whatever? And like Microsoft's reaction, like every fucking time someone says it on their Twitter when they announced it, was just like, "We have those options. We have the One S and we have the One X. Right. Uh, we also have the regular one. Like you're you're able to make that option." And a lot of people, Anthony, a lot of people are just like, "Oh, okay. I thought this was like your new console." <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, it is literally an option for people to do. I think that this also. For Microsoft, I think this is a test bed for them as far as like what, like an all digital console. Like how would that, how would so, that work? Like how would so that? Remember when we remember when we talked about the how the um, do you remember when we talked about how the the, the Game Pass is really good for adult for, for parents, mm -hmm. allowing their kid to download a shit ton of games, whatever game they want, uh, without spending any money. 
Imagine buying this console for your kid. A kid who probably doesn't take care of discs, and then getting the fucking Game Pass on top of it. Your kid has a huge library of games to enjoy on his digital console yeah. that he can only fuck up the controller of, or she. Yeah. <laughs> You're, you're, you'll be set um, for life <laughs> or set for a, as long as it, as it, as it exists. Because <laughs> I'm pretty fucking sure that's who this console is for, considering that the hardware inside the All Digital Edition is, um, well, it's an S. It's standard. Uh -huh. It's no different than what's in my Xbox. Yes. Um, given my Xbox is a larger one. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, it's just a smaller. It's just a smaller version, and I I think a lot of people are just misunderstanding. Like, again, this system is in no way, shape, or form a hey, buy this fucking thing. It is a here's an option. Right. And I don't think enough people are noticing that. Mm-hmm. The thing the thing for me that I'm interested to see what happens is like. I also think that Microsoft is future-proofing this in terms of like we've had we we had this conversation on this podcast and I've been hearing a lot of it in, in the game industry is that the future of streaming and having all your games being streamed to your console at some point, um, and that talk has been getting louder and louder uh, every year we get, and I feel like this what Microsoft is doing is. If, if that indeed is the future, that is something that is, might be happening one day, Microsoft, in my opinion, feel like they're going to kind of put their foot forward or kind of put out a, a version of their consoles. Like, okay, so a all digital edition, all the games with the Game Pass are all streamed into your Xbox, have at it. Let's see how that goes. Let's see that future put into action. I wholeheartedly do not disagree with you. I think absolutely they're future-proofing. Um, I think Microsoft is playing very smart on the where's the future. Like, and not just in the regards of, like you said, future-proofing, but literally, like, what what is, like, where, where do things go? Because mm -hmm. they saw what happened when they tried to not end well. I, a lot of gamers, some for some fucking stupid reason, live off of what happened with that. Which is, you know, like, we've seen that that's not how Microsoft operates anymore, but whatever. Mm -hmm. Fucking gamers are stuck in their dumb ways. Um, but, uh, I, I mean, I that's a really fucking smart move, in my opinion. Yeah. It's a really smart move. Absolutely. And I'm not sure if we caught the um, Inside Xbox um, uh, stream they did last week. Um, but Phil Spencer even went in to talk about this other thing they're working on called the X Cloud, where he was saying that he was playing games in his hotel room um, from a server uh, that Microsoft is, is testing out, and in that aspect of like streaming games that would reach to your laptop or reach to whatever, uh, kind of more net aspect. So Microsoft is doing; they're definitely experimenting, and they're definitely looking at the industry and seeing where it's going, and they're kind of getting ahead of the game. Now, as far as like, will that it's smart of them, but they, they, now the question becomes future-proofing everything, like, what does that look like, how much will it be, and whatnot. And I think that we'll this... Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll see. But I think that this is definitely a, a step in that direction for Microsoft. With the, I, with the sad. I completely agree with you. Mm-hmm. Other than that, though... I, I, I'm, we've been saying it for the past fucking few episodes. Microsoft is making some really smart moves in the right directions. Absolutely, absolutely, a far cry than what they initially came out with the, with the original Xbox One, um, and how that all debacle went went down. But yeah, um, nothing else to say about it. Actually, <laughs> yeah, they, we we've exhausted everything we could possibly do about this certain uh, yeah, topic. We move on to the next one. We don't have to cover ten minutes. Yeah, it's. Uh, I was gonna say it's. Uh, it's very loose, so I can take the time. Actually, it is. Hang on. Da da da. Not discussing. No chat. I figure we end on a, at least on the main topics, like uh, uh, on a, on a good note. Uh, Notre Dame. 
No, I'll do that while you're talking. I'll have you talk. Um, <laughs> all right, so... Okay. Moving on to the next topic at hand. Oh, wait, I had it right, actually, the first time. Boom, boom. Okay. So, uh, our next topic... And I figure we end on a good note here. Um, for those who may or may not know, there was a fires happened at the uh, uh, in uh, in the other side of the world uh, in the Notre in the famous Notre Dame uh, Cathedral buildings, and um, it was put out. Nobody was injured, um, but definitely a piece of history that uh, uh, it, it was very sad to see get burned. So this is a, this is a report off of GameFormer.com by Imran Khan. Assassin's Creed Unity is getting reverse review bombed with positivity. When Assassin's Creed Unity released, it had some problems. A lot of people will argue and disagree about the quality of the game, but early Steam reviews were decidedly negative. The bulk of the negativity in the game's mixed review score came around the game's release, with 1,700 of them being, point, being posted in January 2018. However, that had recently changed, and Assassin's Creed Unity's user review score is rallying. After the Notre Dame fire, French publisher Ubisoft obviously felt the, felt the cause of building the famous church was near and dear to their hearts. Since Assassin's Creed Unity, a game set during the French Revolution, heavily featured Notre Dame as a central place to the city, Ubisoft is in talks to use their data of the interior to help reconstruct uh, reconstruction of the church. They also want, uh, want to raise awareness of it, so they have been given away a free uh, give me for free which has led fans wanting to share positive feelings about it, giving away free copies of uh, Assassin's Creed Unity for clarification. As such, this might be the first instance of a good review bombing. In the past 24 hours, people have posted numerous reviews praising Ubisoft for giving the game away for free and trying to commendate the historical building. One review reads, quote, I played the game after Ubisoft has fixed all its issues. That being said, the positively uh, bought me, the positively brought by this game in light of the tragic event with the Notre Dame Cathedral makes me proud to have played this game, unquote. Another reviewer says, quote, I hope this game will be able to help the uh, repar uh, the reparation, uh, hang on, the reparation uh, of Notre Dame uh, de Paris, although it is not a good game for everybody, seems like, but Ubisoft paid much effort on this. Um, and there's also, I believe, another report that uh, Ubisoft has also donated money for the help of the reconstruction of the um, uh, of the Notre Dame uh, buildings. So yeah, good on Ubisoft. Um, that's awesome. I, I <laughs> the cool thing about it, I like the fact that yes, they actually went in and detailed the model of Notre Dame in Unity. So they so the people who are reconstructing the the, the, the building can go into the game into very specific detail. Um, what they need to repair, which is super cool. And I last last thing I could think of um, for them to kind of look for as a resource. So good on Ubisoft for that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I don't have anything to add to this. It's it's just it's it's cool that they fucking went the extra mile to make sure that Notre Dame's uh, uh, restoration is done correctly. Mm -hmm. uh, the last thing Ubisoft wants is is I mean that's a big component to you know both Division and Assassin's Creed is uh, accuracy, landmark accuracy. Yes. And uh, so I imagine that Ubisoft would actually do this with any location that was in any of their games that got destroyed. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's good. It's good to see that they took the steps necessary to get this done correctly. And, and uh, yeah, well done. Yep. So good on the Ubisoft. Good on to the people's giving the game positive reviews. And uh, yeah, a little, a little happy thing to go out on because you know uh, the internet's always angry and mad most of the time, anyways. So <laughs> accurate. But uh, this week, ladies and gentlemen, we have the return of a certain segment that. Um, we have not seen in here for quite some time. Uh, there will not be what, uh, why you're wrong with great deeds this time around. Um, but actually, we're getting the return of the Overwatch Minute with Greg Deeds.
All right, and I need to fix some things. So uh, <laughs> while, <laughs> while you're doing that, it's been a while. So wow, yeah, you do. Uh, okay, so um, two things have happened in Overwatch recently. We have the uh, the newest event. Um, here, I'll try to move my camera a little bit. Wrong direction. We'll see you in a second, guys. Yep. <laughs> hey, there we go. Right, correct. Right, there correct. you go. Hey. Um. So uh, uh, we just had the big event. Um, a story-based event, which is one of the reasons I'm talking about this. Um, so it's it's six months before the events that take place within the current timeline of the game, and it's uh, it's Tracer, Genji, Mercy, and Winston on a mission to basically capture a um, a, a Omnic accountant that that runs money for talent. The, the evil organization, the terrorist organization within the game. And it's a fun mission. There's nothing necessarily wrong with it, but it's, it's you know, it's short, it's sweet, you know, it's to the point. And, um, and the, the cutscenes are fun, uh, especially the opening cutscene where you get to see them in action. Mercy has, like, a flare thing that she can do to blind drivers. It's weird. Um, but it's cool. Uh, the ending is basically them kind of working with this Maximilian character to, uh, I don't know, fund something, get information on Talon, all the above. Uh, but we do see a final shot that has a lot of people going, ooh. Um, uh, Doomfist is is talking to somebody. Doomfist is currently in, in, in the continuity of the game. He is the leader of Talon. He is talking to somebody about uh, doing a thing. I don't know. It's it's he's he's it's very uh, it's not like direct. He's not like go and attack this thing, but it's kind of what he's getting at. And uh, the camera turns around, and this like rad-looking Omnic takes off his helmet. Uh, some people said he looks like a Reaper version of an Omnic. Um, but it's alluding that that's going to be our next character. Um, so that's exciting. But also one of the big things is that. We have another new character who we have never heard her talk before. We've seen her face. We know she's a part of Overwatch, but we have Sojourn. And she's the one who basically gives uh, the Overwatch team members their uh, their mission, like what they need to do. And she ta- she's, she's the one that talks to you through the entire mission. It's really cool. So what I'm really hoping is that we get either more of Sojourn as, as like a hero that we can play and this Talon character, it would be fucking awesome if in a very short amount of time here we get um, maybe a surprise like second story-based mission thing where Sojourn and this mystery Omnic, the Talon Omnic, get released at the same time. That would be incredible. I don't think that's the case, but I would fucking love that. So yeah, so that's the big thing about that, about the event. But the other thing I want to talk about was today, the day of recording this, um, they announced a brand new feature that is coming to Overwatch. Now, it looks like it can be done on console as well, um, but it's basically a uh, a much more robust like map creator sort of thing. Like I don't think you're going to be able to build your own maps, but you're going to be able to change a lot of stuff. Um, you're also going to be able to like basically fix heroes or change heroes to do what you want them to do uh, versus just being in the kits that they have. So do you want Reaper to be able to have Tracer's like fly, like uh, zip around thing? Go right ahead. Um, do you want uh, Winston to be able to throw Junkrat's mines? You can do that, sure. Uh, do you want to have it to where uh, if you touch the floor, it's like lava? Um, do you want to have it where um, uh, everyone has constant healing? Sure. All of that shit is possible. It's called the workshop. And it is extremely robust. Uh, Jeff Kaplan said in the YouTube video talking about it that he wants to give the players this mechanic, this this new thing, so that way two things can happen. The people who understand game logic can build some rad shit that could possibly be implemented into the arcade. The other thing is he wants people who don't know game logic to learn game logic. 
he wants them to to kind of be excited about the possibility of being able to build things and then seeing that thing implemented into the arcade. There are literally millions of potential possibilities for new game types because of them doing this. But I also think that there's a second second component to this. This takes a lot of weight off of their shoulders. Um, something that I think uh, the, the team over at Overwatch has learned very quickly is that doing the same events over and over with new skins is not bringing people back. What brings people back are new characters. Flat, just straight flat words right there. When they introduced uh, uh, um, Batiste, it was it was a huge fucking uh, spike in, in player base. But the longer that Batiste is out, the less and less people they see playing the game. So two things they need to do, new modes, new game types, and new characters. And they've alluded to two new characters that are going to be added. They, they're doing this workshop thing, and I think it's a very, very smart move for the future of Overwatch. So, I'm excited. You're excited. Let's play some fucking Overwatch. Ladies and gentlemen, that was your Overwatch Minute with Greg Deets. It's been a while since we did something like that, but, uh, yeah. We did. It happened. And, uh, we've reached the end of the show. So... Before we go, as always, Greg, where can they find you on the internet? You can follow me on Twitter, at ChubRuckGeek. That's where I am uh, most active. But I also have a Facebook and uh, Instagram account, same name, ChubRuckGeek. Follow me on Twitter. I'm sorry. You follow me on Twitch, at ChubRuckGeek as well. Though I rarely stream because I have to stream from my Xbox and it sucks. Um, but if I ever do go live, like with Jackbox or something like that, you can definitely check that out. Um, I also do a podcast with my buddy Josh called uh, All Queued Up, where we watch two shows in their entirety on an internet streaming platform, a la Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime. We give our impressions and our thoughts, and then we give them a grade at the end. Uh, it's a lot of fun. The, um, the last episode we did, which I'm kind of drawing a blank on at the moment. Um, let's see, All Queued Up. Sorry, give me one second. I was able to bring it up. Oh, it was on uh, the movie The Highwaymen and the animated series Ultraman. Oh, nice. Cool. Um, Anthony, you would be really interested in hearing my opinion on Ultraman. I would like to hear that, yes. I will tune in. Uh, but, but yeah, it, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. But the other thing is that we're going to record tomorrow of this day, the day of this recording, but we're going to record it. Um, we're doing the summer movie wager. Summer movie wager. Uh, uh, what that is, we, we we did it on this podcast, kind of. It was like, I think it was the post show when we were doing the post show. Mm -hmm. um, we did it last year where you give the top 10, what you think are the top 10 grossing films of the summer between a certain time frame. And then you give three dark horses that you think could make the top 10. Um, and then you get a score. And uh, what, what, what Josh and I are doing is if you win out of anybody who plays, so if you, if you beat everybody else who plays, you will win a T-shirt from our store in your size, color, all that jazz. If you, uh, if you can beat Josh and I, not necessarily combined score because that would be impossible, but like if your score is higher than both Josh and I, um, I will personally buy you a $25 Amazon gift card. Um, and if you can get a perfect score, you can't. It's borderline impossible. A perfect score literally means 1 through 10 dead on. Um, Josh and I will get you a T-shirt from the gift store and a $50 card for anything in the store. Woo! Um, so those that's how the contest works. Uh, best of luck to everyone playing. Um, I love doing the summer movie wager. I've done it like every year, even with just friends casually. Like, it's just fun. I think Josh and I are gonna have a little bit of a wager for ourselves. Uh, I think I have an idea of what we're gonna do, but basically, like, we have to eat something that we don't want to eat, and then film it and put it up on the YouTube channel. 
That's what I'm thinking, but we'll see. Please, yeah, please. Uh, no, if, you, if you want to check any of that out, that's at that's allcutoutpodcast.com. Our Twitter account is uh, hashtag, or sorry, hashtag, Jesus Christ, at cutoutpodcast. <laughs> and we have a discussion group on Facebook and a page on Facebook. Just search all queued up and you'll find it. But uh, give it a listen. Yeah, definitely check them out when you get the chance. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at DefectiveNaruto. You can follow the work that we do at MissionStartPodcast.com, including this very podcast. This audio podcast will be uploaded on Monday, but if you cannot wait to see it, you can either watch it here on Twitch channel uh, on the uh, past podcast section, or you can watch every segment on our YouTube channel as they upload every day leading up into next week's new episode of Mission Star Podcast. And we, as I said, we post them uh, in the on the audio podcast universe out there on Monday. Not only out there in the podcast services, but also on our website at missionsartpodcast.com in the podcast section of our website. Um, and uh, that's going to do it for us. I do have one more thing I want to put out there because by tomorrow or by tonight, the contest will end. But I believe tomorrow is when the drawing happens. And I'm going to clip this. Microsoft, if you are watching this, if this, if this clip somehow reaches to the deep minds of, uh, of Microsoft, a.k.a. Major Nelson and everybody else, please let me win the uh, FanFest contest so I can go to E3. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> it's been my it's been on my bucket list to go, and uh, I would love to go check out Microsoft stuff, but also like to do some coverage. That'd be great and fun. So, yeah. Just saying. I mean, if, if it could happen, I think one of the big things that you you and or I would do is uh, definitely try to fucking uh, um, network. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it'd be great. But we'll see. Uh, drawing happens, I think, tomorrow. So I already entered, but we'll see what happens. Anyways, with that being said, thank you for watching, listening, what have you. We'll see you guys next time.